Hello, my name is Sean Schaefer and welcome to the Citywide Wealth Manager podcast. Earlier this week, I spoke with Simon Christian, CIO of Resonance. The firm has launched a fund investing in properties to lease to women's organisations and homelessness charities. The strategy is targeting an annual return of between 5 and 7%, and Resonance is launching the fund as a joint venture with private equity firm Patron Capital. The Women in Safe Homes Fund has already received £15.5 million from founding investors, with social impact investor Big Society Capital committing £10 million at launch. You've launched two funds focused on homeless people. Why do the homeless present an investment opportunity? So I think the starting point for impact investment is clearly, is, is there a social issue which investment can help with? And and I think within homelessness, it's clear that there are several areas where that can be helpful. Um, we have an initiative, the National Homelessness Property Fund 2, which is the latest uh, in addressing a particular issue around the need for move-on accommodation for individuals and families who are essentially stuck in temporary accommodation, unable to move forward, ready for independent living, but essentially blocked from the private market. So that's that's one area where impact investment can help homelessness. But there's another area which we focused on more recently and launched, in fact, today, the Women in Safe Homes Fund, which is a dimension of homelessness, which is specifically how that affects women, and particularly uh, in different circumstances. So it could be women fleeing domestic abuse or coming out of prison and and the organisations that can support them in in their journey forward at that point. So that's why we've um, got a separate fund which uh, recently launched um, to to focus on investment into that particular side of the problem as well. Hmm. Um, I'm sure you get this criticism a lot or or this comment a lot, but, but should you be making a profit off the homeless? So... I think that the way to look at this is focusing investment on solutions to uh, a big social issue and, and impact investment can also obviously focus on environmental issues. But for us, the focus is on social issues. And I think you've got to say that sometimes these issues are big enough and difficult enough to solve that they really need a coordinated approach from government, from the charitable sector, but also enterprise and investment has its, its place uh, and its role to play. So, you know, we could look into how the, it works with homelessness, if that's helpful. Um, and, and really, if you break it down that way, government is playing its part. It provides, uh, obviously, a social security net and local housing allowance to someone who is in need of housing. But then you see charities and social enterprises stepping in and playing their part to give individuals um, the guidance and the pathways forward out of homelessness. And really, impact investment can come in as a way to provide a reliable flow of the right kind of property to those organisations to help them scale up that that kind of uh, support uh, as a response to that issue. So obviously you've mentioned charities and government stepping in, but should it be a responsibility at all of the private sector? Um, you know, should, should, they, should charities and government not be able to sort of handle this themselves? Well, I personally think that's too simplistic. I think it's trying to create an artificial divide, whereas these these issues span, uh, you know, the whole of the economy, and we we need to make sure that enterprise and investment is playing its part. And that's why I stress it's it's not that this is an alternative to uh, what governments and charities do. 
it, it's it's seeking to see where investment can align with that, and in doing so, uh, earn a fair return, but also have a tremendous social impact and help often scale up things which would otherwise struggle to scale um, if they were just left to one one resource. You mentioned there that you're working with charities in, in both funds, I understand. Um, perhaps you could explain in a little bit more detail about their involvement. Sure. Well, for Resonance, really, this is our focus. We have now spent 18 years working with UK charities and social enterprises. Really, we start there. We start with the models that they have created to respond to a wide range of different societal needs. And we ask a very simple question. Are they lacking capital to do more of it? And, and if they are, then often an impact fund can be one way of, of channeling that capital to, to that need. So we always start with social enterprises and charities. And, you know, we try to work with organizations that we think have a real focus on the needs of individuals. And, you know, often the way that you see that is that they hold themselves accountable through the measurement of their impact um, and reporting on that. So we, we work with those kind of organisations and, and we do that ourselves. We measure our own impact of these funds and, and report on that. Hmm. So, so this latest fund, um, the Women in Safe Homes Fund, is specifically focused on homeless women or, or women at, at risk of homelessness. Um, why did you decide to take a, a gendered approach to this? So... It, it became apparent through research in recent years that um, homelessness can uh, manifest itself in different ways for women than, than for men. And it became apparent through the research that a lot of the organisations that were best placed to respond to those needs were themselves often led by women, um, regional organisations, perhaps not always large national organisations. And they were lacking, um, in many cases, the access to property to help um, with that provision. So that's why we felt that a fund that could focus on partnering just with those organisations that were focusing on that need had its place. Um, and, and in doing so, we've, we've ended up partnering with some brilliant um, charities across the country now with the launch of the Women in Safe Homes Fund. Uh, as I mentioned, focusing particularly on women fleeing domestic abuse, but also uh, women leaving prison. Sure. Um, could you go into a bit of depth about the target return from this fund? So the Women in Safe Homes Fund um, is a property fund that is targeting uh, a total overall return of between 5 and 7%. Uh, that's a kind of IRR that comprises, uh, or internal rate of return that comprises both a, a yield from the rental um, and also an assumption of some capital appreciation over the life of the fund. And, and maybe you could go into a bit of depth about specifically how that, that return is generated. You say re yield from the, the rental. Is that from the tenants paying rental, I assume, or is it, is it a bit more complicated than that? So th there are various models by which um, the rental can come in depending on the situation of the tenant. But, it, but ultimately, most of the tenants involved in this fund will have uh, a reasonably high level of support that they need from the charities and social enterprises that are working with them. And they'll usually be eligible for a form of housing benefit, um, which will allow them to pay rent to the charity and ultimately for the charity to pay the rent under the lease to the fund. Sure. And, and what's kind of the risk of, of default? So that will again kind of vary, but um, in all cases, the way that we 
look at this from the funds' perspective. It's, we, we partner with charities and social enterprises who have experience in managing this type of tenancy. Um, in many cases, that means that they can underwrite the risk of the tenant in terms of defaults and arrears. Obviously, they have a margin that they use in the way that they run their business to 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 cover that risk. Um, in some cases, though, with the Women in Safe Homes Fund, we are looking to be a bit more innovative, and particularly since the fund is looking to help smaller women sector organisations scale up provision of housing, it can share a little bit of that risk in those circumstances. Um, and the fund is also working alongside um, various other sector bodies to help um, increase the capacity of those smaller women sector organisations to to manage property. So that's one of the more innovative features of the Women in Safe Homes Fund. Um, obviously, we're in such a low interest rate environment perpetually at the moment, and, and some might argue that that seven percent is it's pretty high. Um, are, are you kind of expecting too much, considering your your target market is the homeless? No, um, that is a fair um, return over a kind of long-term investment on that kind of asset. Um, as I mentioned, it's, it's not all the yield, um, so there is a kind of assumption about capital appreciation built into that return as well. Um, and investors are, are obviously investing and, and putting their capital to work for, in this fund for 10 years. So it is a long-term commitment and, and a fair return on that, on that use of capital. One of the investors in the, in the new fund is Big Society Capital. Um, it's invested ten million in, in, the, in the latest fund. Um, could you tell me maybe if they're going to have any influence on this strategy? Um, uh, you, you know, and how you might be working with them. So, Big Society Capital are one of the founder investors in the fund, um, alongside a number of others. Um, and it's fair to say that Big Society Capital obviously have a big role to play in the UK social investment sector. They're one of the biggest wholesale investors into these types of funds. Um, but once they've invested, obviously, um, they sit alongside other investors and, and you know have no particular special rights in that respect, but obviously a, a, an incredibly supportive investor for the initiative uh, and one that you know was instrumental in doing some of the early research to, to prove the need for this particular initiative around, uh, around women. Your, your first launch of um, the National Homeless, Homelessness Fund, it sort of launched in 2015, closed in 2018. What, what were the kind of returns on that? How did that perform, that fund? So I think you're referring to the, the homelessness property funds that Resonance has now really been developing over the last eight years. Our first fund launched in 2013, uh, and then we've launched a series since then, which is culminated at the moment in the, the most recent, the National Homelessness Property Fund 2, which um, was announced last week. Uh, and that is focusing on the northwest of the country um, and you know has had actually our first pension fund investment uh, coming into that. So yes, that's based on a track record now for that particular form of investment, which focuses on larger scale move-on accommodation for homelessness. Really addressing a slightly different issue, which is the the 96,000 individuals and families across the country who are stuck in temporary accommodation, many of whom ready to move into independent living, but not finding it easy to access the private rented market. So 
that that's a model which is now run at greater scale. We've invested um, around 200 million over the years into those funds, and the most recent fund, as I, as I mentioned, is is beginning to attract the kind of pension fund um, interest, partly because it's larger scale in its investment and perhaps a slightly longer track record. Um, and maybe you could go into the track record. What you, you say you've invested 200 million. What, what's the return been like? So the return has been really kind of as, as predicted. Um, obviously, some of those funds, um, you know, are still running and remains to be seen how capital appreciation will develop over the years to come. But in terms of the yield on those funds, it's really achieved, you know, the, the levels of, of yield that we set out to achieve, um, you know, circa 3%, um, which is the yield component. And then, as I mentioned, capital appreciation is is something that people take a view on over longer periods. Okay, and has it achieved that capital appreciation? Is where you say the yield's been around the 3% mark, but has it sort of bumped up to your target of 5 to 7%? Yeah, it's certainly in the first fund, um, which has had the longest to, to appreciate. That's, that's certainly the, the target that we're still shooting for. And for the other two um, more recent funds, obviously, as I say, um, earlier days, and it remains to be seen how the UK property market develops. Um, we don't obviously make forward-looking statements about the, the future of the UK property market, but we do we do know that institutional investors like to keep that exposure and and often struggle to get exposure to diversified residential property portfolios in in other ways. So, one of the interesting features of this kind of impact investment is that it's led us to. Um, build up very diversified portfolios of single units around these major cities, which is in and of itself quite an, an attractive exposure for, for an institutional investor to to want to have. Sure. Um, obviously, there's there's been a lot of um, noise around ethical investments in the ESG, um, especially in the last year or two. Would you describe this fund as an ESG fund? Uh we we describe these as impact investment funds, and we distinguish that from ESG. It's going beyond ESG in the sense that it's seeking to have an intentional um, impact on a particular social issue. Um, ESG is more about screening more general portfolios to to make sure that they are not contravening environmental social governance issues. Um, whereas impact investment goes one step further and says let's seek to create a solution through the way that we invest. So for us, with these property funds, it's solutions around homelessness, move-on accommodation, it's solutions about um, accommodation for vulnerable women, but but also learning disability is another area we've managed to address through um, these funds, particularly um, accommodation for individuals with learning disability to live more um, appropriately within the community rather than in an institutional setting. Obviously, you're, you're pitching this fund to to several investors, both sort of wealth managers and pension funds, etc. Um, perhaps you could tell me about some of the reservations that investors have had and, and how you kind of address them. Um, I think if you talk about um, investing into homelessness, there is perhaps a preconception amongst some investors who hear that for the first time uh, about what that means. And, and hopefully describing it in more detail in, in these types of discussions is helpful for that because we are not um, talking about investors taking a direct risk on on particular tenants. Um, that is often better a risk managed by the charities themselves. 
Um, so I think that's one preconception that is relatively common but relatively quickly overcome when people see the actual um, investment proposition that, 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 that we have here. Um, I think there's another preconception around impact investment that it's, it's necessarily small and niche and, and I think particularly the homelessness property funds we've begun to show that that actually that particular need for move on accommodation is is a need that's very large. And you know, if you take ninety six thousand individuals and families in temporary accommodation, that's a twenty billion pound property need to create pathways out of that that circumstance. Um, and I suppose the third kind of preconception we come across is that impact investment is necessarily higher risk. Um, and again, you know, if you look at the way that this type of property fund works, it's actually from an investment perspective pretty low risk because, as I've mentioned, it's it's diversified um, residential property in good locations, um, highly lettable, highly saleable, and being leased. To, to good counterparties uh, for the use of that property for their tenants. So it doesn't have to be high risk, um, and in this case can be you know, a, a sensible risk-adjusted return, which is why we see the pension funds increasingly interested in these particular models um, as, a long t- as a long-term investment strategy. Well, Simon, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's a pleasure, and uh, I hope there's some interest to your, uh, your listeners.